Hey guys, Anna Victoria here, and I'm so excited for you to join me on my podcast, Your Best Life. I'm the CEO and founder of the FitBody app, a fitness influencer, and a personal trainer. Every week, I'm going to have a special guest that will share their unique experience and unique story to share how they learned how to live their best life, even if they're still working on it, since we are all a work in progress. I can't wait to help you learn how to create your best life. Welcome back to another episode of Your Best Life with Anna Victoria and with Luca. Hi, everyone. So our guest today is Liz Plosser, who is the editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazine. She's been reporting and editing health, fitness, nutrition, sexual health, and mental health content for two decades. So, Luca, what are you looking forward to hearing Liz and I chat about? I'm definitely looking forward to knowing how Liz became the editor-in-chief of one of the most important magazines in the United States. Or brands, yeah. even like woman said, brands in the United States. You know, in, in, I would say it's, right. world, it's a worldwide brand. It's right? worldwide, Right, absolutely. No, I completely agree. I feel like The Devil Wears Prada is a movie that oh has like made, made, this is so random, but it's made so many, like for me at least, okay, look at like editor-in-chief's like, wow, you know, like they are some of the most like successful and important people, you know, in not just like the magazine world, but like I feel like in the media because, you know, they are, they're directing, you know, the narrative and like what is being discussed and what's being highlighted. And I think that it's something that I'm happy to see have, um, there's been a positive shift. I agree. Yeah. And the trends and the changes and what they're talking about. So you were on the cover of the magazine of Women's Health. I know it's, oh, it's something that I still pinch myself and I can't, the more time that passes, the more like shocked I am that that actually happened and the more grateful I am for that experience. Like, I think it's something for the rest of my life. I'm going to look back on with just, you know, so much gratitude. So um, so aside from that, I'm curious to talk to her about kind of how the, the, you know, media and publishing industry has changed and like with the different topics that they're talking about and no longer, um, I don't know, kind of speaking only to one woman. Like now they, they speak to many women and of shapes and sizes and backgrounds and all the different things. So, um, and her own personal fitness journey. She actually has a, a really cool story to talk about. So here is my conversation with Liz Flosser. Hi, Liz. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's good to see you. <laughs> you too. I'm so excited to chat. Um, before we get started, do you want to share um, a bit about who you are and what you're about? Sure. Um, my name is Liz Plosser, and I am the editor-in-chief of Women's Health. Um, I have spent my entire career in the health and wellness space, and I'm really proud to be at the helm of this brand, overseeing all of its platforms from print to our website um, to all of our social channels, our video, um, and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely something to be extremely proud of. I feel like there has been a lot of shifts in the magazine. Would you say, would, would you call it the publishing industry? Is that how 
you would title it? I think that's a good way to put it. Um, the media world in general has been through yeah. a lot over the last decade, but certainly um, in the last yeah. few months and years. Now, but you didn't get started in the media industry. You were in um, investment banking. Is that correct? Yes. So my very first job out of college was as, as an analyst um, at an investment bank. And I did that for almost two years before pivoting to what my true life's passion was. What was that process like of realizing that investment banking wasn't what your true life's passion um, was going to be? Well, so when I was in college, I didn't really know what to, what I was going to do with my life, but um, I'd always been very interested in business and still am. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had so many friends who were going into the banking and consulting world. And so sort of on a whim, I was going on some of those interviews and got a really exciting opportunity. And it was sort of my ticket to come to New York City. Um, and I was learning a lot and I'm still so grateful for everything that I learned in those couple of years. Um, but I think I pretty quickly realized it wasn't like in my heart and soul what my passion was. Yeah. When I reflect back on that, I'm actually really glad that I had that moment of realization so young and so early in my career because yeah. um, it really sparked me to um, think about what I wanted to do and talk to people in all different careers and industries Um And I don't know if this is a normal way of dealing with something like career angst, but it motivated me to sign up for my very first marathon um, and do some soul searching on long runs and through the people I met through that. Um, And it was actually in one of my early training runs that I shared with some of these strangers that I met while um, doing team and training that I'd had a dream about being an editor um, at a fitness magazine. And they were like, you should go for it. That's so you. And getting their positive reaction and sort of saying it out loud was, I think, um, this defining moment in my life to make me try and go make it happen. You know, it's funny you say that because you're not the first person that has said that kind of going through a life transition, you decided to like sign up for a marathon or do something like really out of your comfort zone. And that, that what that's what, you know, ultimately led them to, you know, find their purpose or what they're really passionate about. So um, another thing that you said, uh, you know, in college, you didn't really know what you wanted to, wanted to do. And it's like, who does <laughs> when you're 20, you know, years old? And I feel like there's always been... I I think maybe it's shifting now, but I feel like there's been a lot of pressure to like know exactly what you want to do, you know, from when you graduate high school or what major, you know, you want to be in. Same thing for me. I went into business because I just knew that I'm passionate about business. I love working. I love helping people. What that's going to look like, I have no idea. (laughs) Um, And another thing that you... um, the the part about you being in investment banking, I, I've had a guest on that is uh, a financial expert and uh, primarily with women. It's a topic that like we don't, you know, I, we don't get enough education with to begin with, right? In the school system, you know, like finances and how to be an adult, <laughs> you know? Um, and so do you think that like for you, like getting that financial education, like benefited you, you know, throughout the rest of your, not only career, but your life? Yes, a hundred percent. I, I'm really glad for the skills that I picked up during that time. Um, Not only just having that base of being able to approach a a problem from a business perspective, um, but also all the weird little skills that you pick up along the way, like 
who knew that being a wizard on Excel would actually pay off in a career in editorial? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm I'm actually obsessed with Excel. My entire team knows where we have a million Excel sheets for everything. If you're a type A person, Excel um, can really take that to the next level. But yes, I completely agree. I think that's such an important life skill for women. And I feel really grateful that I brought that business acumen, um, both to my personal and also my professional life. So what was it about the wellness industry that drew you to it? Well, so wellness in general, whether it's sports or healthy eating um, or just, you know, living your healthiest, happiest life, it's kind of been within me, I would say, since I was a kid. I grew up playing sports. Um, I've always loved um, running around and being on a team. And um, I loved, especially when I got more competitive in sports when I was in high school, learning about how specific training plans and eating right could really affect my performance and make me play even better, whether it was on the soccer field or the basketball court or in a tennis match. So I've always been super interested in that. Um, I think to your point earlier about figuring things out when you're in college, I think there was a disconnect for me, and I hope this is changing for women these days, but it didn't occur to me that something I was so into on a personal level could actually be like a professional thing that paid the bills. Um, And so when I started putting all of those pieces together and realized that like, oh, this thing that I've always been so passionate about, if I make that where my professional drive and energy goes, like it will, it will be a successful life for me. So that was a long way of saying since I was a little kid, I've always been into it in various ways, shapes and forms. Um, like you, Anna, I think it's like living the dream when you get to touch other people and light that fire within them and open their eyes to how much happier they can be um, in all facets of their life when the health pieces start to lock together for them. Yeah, absolutely. And can you um, walk us quickly through kind of like your career timeline of how you got to being the editor-in-chief? Yes, I'll do the turbo version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so once I pivoted away from investment banking, which was, you know, by the time I was 24, um, really my whole career I've been in the wellness space, um, most of it in magazines. My first job in publishing was as um, an editorial assistant overseeing fitness content when I was um, a junior editor at Self Magazine. And I sort of climbed the ranks there, um, eventually working my way up to the health and nutrition content. And then my husband, Matt, and I left New York and went to Chicago Um, And I worked at the weekly magazine, Time Out Chicago, working on lifestyle and health-related content. Um, My job title when I started was the chill-out editor, which to this day is like the coolest coolest (laughs) job title I'll probably ever have. Um, (laughs) And while I was in Chicago, I was writing features and freelancing for like every health and wellness publication from Runner's World to Women's Health, actually, to self and shape and all sorts of others. Um, And then when we moved back to New York after Matt graduated from his PhD program, um, I started working at Cosmo under Joanna Coles, who was reimagining the magazine for Modern Woman. Um, I was a senior editor overseeing all of our health content, as well as one of the first streaming fitness platforms called Cosmo Body. 
And then um, I left that amazing job for another one, which was to be the deputy editor at Self. Um, so I worked at Self a second time. Um, and then after a couple of years, I switched gears and went over to the brand side, actually. And I was the senior director of content and digital strategy for SoulCycle, the boutique fitness studio, you know, that's all the rage. So that was also really cool and exciting to use all my editorial skills in a new way. Um, definitely merged my love of business and love of wellness. And then um, I went into the digital only space and I was the SVP of content for Well and Good, which is a um, wellness and lifestyle site. I know you know that one well yeah. too. <laughs> and then it was literally like leapfrogging from a dream job to a dream job. And when the women's health opportunity came up, like that was the ultimate, ultimate. So that was um, a little over two years, almost two and a half years ago now that I okay. stepped into that editor-in-chief role at Women's Health. I, I think you said it perfectly, jumping from dream, dream job to dream job, because each time I'm like, oh, wow, like, wow, like, it, all of them seem so amazing. And um, do you feel like there's anything in particular that you did to continue to get all these amazing opportunities? Great question. I would say probably two things. One, every single one of them made me uncomfortable in a good way, like, ah, this is a little, you know, out of my reach and yeah. I'm going to have to push myself and, you know, learn a lot of new things and ask for a lot of help. And I think um, that is some a thread throughout my career is that I'm okay jumping into the deep end um, and I don't pretend to be there and already know how to swim. Like I'm, yeah, I feel empowered to ask people for help and I feel really lucky that I've worked for amazing bosses who have fostered that in me and made me feel like safe and supported in doing so. And I think that also means that you have to be willing to roll up your sleeves and learn what you don't know. Um, that, you know, going over to the brand side and working at SoulCycle, I had never done something like that. It was like learning nuts and bolts, kind of what happens behind the curtain of this right. workout that I loved going to as a writer, but had never experienced in that way. Um, so I'd say that, you know, being open to asking for help and also doing the like little nitty gritty stuff, you know, not being above anything, um, until you feel like proficient enough at it that you can delegate and guide and lead people in the way you need to. Um, and then I guess the last thing I would say is just always being open to the conversation. I found that to be really helpful throughout my career. Like you can be so happy and in your zone. Um, but I think it's a beautiful thing to learn from other people and, yeah. um, not that you're out looking for a job, but you just never know what connection you're going to make or how, what you'll learn from it, um, and what it will turn into. And that has really, that's been, I think, part of the magic of my crazy zigzag to this dream job. <laughs> Amazing. In regards to working in the wellness and fitness health industry, um, do you feel like it's changed since you first started? And if so, how so? Absolutely. It's it's like mind blowing what it looks like now versus what it looked like when I was a 24 year old starting out um, as an editorial assistant. I think what is so cool now, it's, you know, it's this multi trillion dollar business a year. The wellness industry is. Um, I think a big part of my job and the job of my amazing team members is that there's so much out there that 
we have to be the ultimate curators, um, making sure that the science is legit, that the product really works, that it's more than just a passing fad. Whereas I would say in the early days of my career, a lot more of my time was spent sleuthing out like what the next big thing was. Um, of course, it still needed that vetting process. Um, but right now I think we're inundated with so much stuff, which is awesome. Um, but it's almost like a complete 180 in terms of how it's grown and how how wellness touches every pillar in our lives. That it's not just about your workout and healthy eating. Yeah. You know, wellness, the line has blurred into um, fashion and beauty and literally everything in our in our worlds, which is, you know, as a wellness enthusiast, that's a really exciting thing. Yeah. And do you feel like there's something about the industry that when you came into it that you wanted to change? Um, and also in current present day, is there something that you would want to change? So I would say in my early days as an editor, I was definitely seeing myself as the reader and looking for more information about what can I do on my own, you know, really educating myself on those tips and tools. Um, and in many ways that hasn't changed. I think we still want to empower women with that. Um, but now at the helm of this brand, something that the women's health team and I am really passionate about is we want women to feel strong and healthy from the inside out. And so for us, um, and this you know predates my time at Women's Health, I'm really proud of the magazine for retiring some of the more old fashioned cover lines around losing weight or X number of pounds in X amount of time. While we are here to support you without judgments, if you would feel healthier and stronger, if your genes fit a little bit better, we also want to make sure that um, you're never equating like your food or your, or your workout with what you've eaten um, or a number on the scale, that it's really about your own personal goals and feeling your best. So um, for us, that means really carefully considering the language we use and how we frame certain articles um, to make sure that people are coming at it from a place of positivity and empowerment. I, I totally agree. I, it's something that I've experienced just as a personal trainer and someone with a platform is the fine line between promoting health and fitness as a way to change your body and be empowered by that and using health and fitness as a way to change your body in numbers. And, you know, I've had a hard time just being completely honest, like with some of my, you know, the girls in my community that, you know, I've always wanted to spread the message that like work out to feel your best and looking your best is the cherry on top. And like also looking your best can look so many different ways, you know, it doesn't need to be one cookie cutter body type. Um, but, you know, oh gosh, I'm gonna be so honest. Like sometimes that doesn't sell. You know, like that doesn't reach the mass market that like just wants to look good in a bikini. And like I've struggled with that of like, I'm not going to give in to that messaging as a, as a business owner, as a personal trainer. You know, we you know, we have our app and everything and the messaging around it, you know, but how do we bring those people into the fold that like we know that they could benefit from the messaging of like ultimately, you know, loving your body and that's why you work out. And kind of straddling that line, you know, without going too far into one or the other. Do you feel like in the magazine world, you guys have seen similar struggles? Um, I, f I feel you and I know what you're talking about because I'm one of your super fan followers. And I, <laughs> I actually, it's your platform and other amazing 
fitness influencers and professionals are a great place for me for story ideas and to take the temperature on how how women are thinking and feeling and talking about these things. I just want to say that's like a huge honor. Thank it's you. true. <laughs> it's true. Seriously. Oh. That's where that's where the conversations are happening. Um, and we want to make sure we reflect that in all the content we, we put out at Women's Health. But yeah, I love what you said. And that like my heart just sort of saying when you said it, that the body, you know, the physical aesthetic benefits are the cherry on top. That's so true. I think transformations is such a huge thing right now. And I know it's a big piece of what you do and what I just wish and what we try to share with our audience is that transformations can mean so many things. Yes. It could mean getting on top of a health condition that's plagued you for years and years. It could mean, you know, having a mental health breakthrough or just feeling less anxious. It, it can mean so many things. And we have like a sort of internal saying, which is, quote, sweat changes everything. And I really believe that, that it's like 100% if you get strong abs that you're like psyched to put on a bikini and show off, that is fantastic. But like all the other cool stuff that's shifting within you and changing in your life and in your career, like that's the, that's the real magic. That's the big stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's just hard with like where my, you know, my main platform is Instagram, which is a visual platform. And like, you know, it's hard sometimes to be like, Hey, here's this amazing transformation, but please read this, (laughs) you know, please focus on the story, you know, and that's, I mean, I guess it's kind of, you know, the, but I don't want to say the best we can do because there's always more that we can do. But, um, for example, like I always try to find stories within my community that are weight gain stories, you know, that, you know, show and not necessarily in terms of like gaining body fat, um, but like gaining muscle and like body recomposition. I shared one story, she had gained 25 pounds, but she completely changed, you know, how her body looked. And it was one of the most, you know, light, you know, transformations I shared. And I was like, wow, like, you know, finally, like people are responding to something that like is going against the societal norms of like, you know, how your body should change in a fitness journey. So it reminds me of a quote and I would love to hear what you think about it. Um, You'll never look like the girl in the magazine. The girl in the magazine doesn't even look like the girl in the magazine. So this is a quote that I... I heard early on in my fitness journey and I had shared a lot and I've always gotten feedback as far as like, that's so true. And now I feel like it's not limited to the magazines. It's Instagram and social media. You know, the girl on Instagram sometimes doesn't even really look like that. Um, but as someone who is in that industry, does does that quote, like, how does that make you feel? Um, <laughs> yes, it's so true. Images are everywhere and the amount of content we consume, it's it's not just when you pick up your magazine and are flipping through it, it's everywhere. I mean, I have, there's, I feel like there's so much to unpack there. And by the way, do you have like 10 hours for this podcast? <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, I think number one, I will say at Women's Health, we we take it really seriously, um, this responsibility, what the images that we're showing. And so I would just kick it off by saying that like, whether it's choosing a photographer or the writer or... Um, the talent who we're portraying in an image, we're thinking about all the things. Like, are these women who move us? Um, what is what is her career? What um, you know? What is her ethnic background? Her economic background? Like, women who move us can be anything from an astrophysicist to a personal trainer. You know, but we're always looking for that inspiring element to them, and we, whether it's our cover or images inside with the exception of like some 
photo correction, like just for lighting purposes, we are really adamant about showing women as they are. But I will quickly follow that up by saying, it is 1000% true that when you have a set of people and beautiful lights and professional hair and makeup and the luxury of a rack of clothes where you can like try on seven different outfits and pick the one that is most, um, that you feel best in and the color's just right, like, Yes, that is one moment in time and people aren't seeing the like, you know, hours that went into creating that image. So I think having said all of that, you know, think what you will about filters and Photoshopping and other tools that are being used on social media and and other forms of content. Like we're all in some ways curating and picking that moment that we choose to put out to the world. And um, I think it's really important that women think about that when they're scrolling through social media or when they're flipping through a magazine, whatever it is, because they're not seeing all the outtakes that didn't make it. Um, And I think there's been a really beautiful sort of pendulum shift to showing some of those more like real moments. Sometimes on my own personal Instagram, and this is reminding me I should do another one soon. I do an Instagram versus reality. And whether yeah. it's the pictures of my kids who are like crying and mid-meltdown mode and tantrum versus the one that I posted, which is them like smiling with their arms around one another, looking like these like adorable <laughs> angel children, which they are sometimes. But um, I think that same Instagram versus reality, you know, that's everywhere. That's And that's definitely a thing in the wellness world and certainly in the fitness community. Yeah. And I can say too, like, and I, I've, I've always strived to share the reality side. This dates back to, I think 2015 was the first time that I shared. And it was really because I was feeling guilt for, you know, posting only really beautiful pictures and women being like, I wish my stomach looked like that all the time. And I'm like, Mine doesn't, you know, but you know, it, it can even go as, as, as simple as, um, angles, you know, I know my angles and that, that's it, you know, and if you see me walking around in the, you know, around town, like I'm not posing all the time, like I'm, I'm going to look different. Um, so anyways, um, one other question that I have in regards to like influencers in the industry is how you've seen, um, influencers impacting the industry, Um, and if you think that it's, you know, like in the beginning, was it kind of like confusing, like what's going on? Like, who are these people? Um, and yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh my goodness. Uh, so many, (laughs) so many thoughts, as I mentioned before, like coming to your Instagram handle for inspiration and see what people are talking about and what you're up to. I, I think it's a, been a hugely powerful, beneficial thing for the wellness world, um, as somebody who's always looking for women who move me, I just, I love stumbling across a new fitness pro um, to follow and hearing what they're doing and seeing the way they're changing their workout modality. So I find it very inspirational um, and it sort of like keeps me up to date on what's happening in the fitness world. Um, I wish women took a second as they were following and consuming this content to make sure that the person is accredited to be giving the advice that they are. I'm not saying that you're not allowed to do a push-up on Instagram unless you're a certified trainer. (laughs) But if you're coming to a handle for professional advice, you better make sure that that person has taken those steps and is giving you safe um, advice to help you reach your goals. Um, So, I mean, that's just, there's so many thoughts. That's one of them. And as you mentioned in 2015, when you started posting images showing yourself and your like 
normal state or, you know, not quite perfect angle state. I love it when I see influencers sort of find themselves in that way. I think like we all have evolutions in terms of the content we're putting out, whether it's women's health as a brand, Liz as a brand, you as a brand. Um, And I think it's cool when you, you find influencers who've sort of found their zone and speak passionately and from the heart about something that really matters to them. Yeah, I think that's actually a really great point because it's something that I've experienced and I haven't talked about yet, but like going through my infertility journey and my TTC and IVF journey, I almost feel like my fitness journey kind of took a bit of a backseat to that, like it, and it needed to, you know, and um, my content for that reason, I feel like I wasn't reflecting as much on my fitness journey because of what was taking it over. And I, I've even realized like, gosh, I feel like my content for the last like year and a half, like wasn't at, it hasn't been as like introspective and like deep in regards to fitness. It's been more a different topic. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I'm going to stay true to like what I'm going through in my life, but I have to say being over that battle, I'm really excited after I'm, you know, currently 36, almost 37 weeks pregnant, you know, once I'm cleared and I get back in my fitness journey, like I've been so inspired by so many women on Instagram that I'm like, I can't wait to get back there and dive into my fitness journey, um, you know, to feel empowered and strong and continue reflecting, you know, and diving deep into all these amazing fitness topics. It's something that I've missed kind of connecting with my community on. So did you find that you lost followers, added followers, lost a bunch, added a bunch? You know, I would say definitely a bit of both because I gained a lot of followers and got, oh my goodness, thousands of, you know, to now of messages from women going through the same thing and women that are into fitness going through the same thing. And then there are people who are like, um, I'm really not interested in hearing about, you know, fertility things like, or even maybe it was triggering for them, you know, like maybe they weren't able to conceive now that I'm pregnant, you know, like, um, I would say it's definitely been a bit of both. And I respect anyone's decision to unfollow someone for any reason. You don't even need reason. If you're not feeling it, you know, you need to protect, you know, yourself. So yeah, definitely been a a bit of both. So, um, but all I can do is just speak my truth and you know what what I'm going through in the moment so I don't know if we ever talked about this but I also went through infertility so when you were sharing your journey I I was really just like my heart was cracked open feeling for you and I felt so invested in your journey and um so glad that you have such an amazingly huge and real platform where you could share what that process was like so thank you for sharing that with everybody including me and so This is like so minor in comparison, as I said, I know because I've been through both, but in February when I fell skiing and um, ended up breaking my sacrum bone in my back, I had a moment too where it was like, wait, this isn't, this isn't what my Liz channel is supposed to project. I'm supposed, I'm not supposed to get injured. I'm the editor (laughs) of women's health. Like I should know better than to ski too fast. Um, and it was weird sort of navigating that. And then at some moment, I just decided I'm just going to put it out there. Like, this isn't pretty. I'm like limping around, sitting on an inflated donut. I can barely do anything at the gym, but I'm still going to the gym and I can still share what what it's like to come back from an injury. Um, yeah. And I was, I was just being true to myself and my experience. And like you, all these people were reaching out to me and DMing me and either with similar injuries or just any sort of sports injury, um, 
thanking me for sharing it or asking questions and you know what I mean? It just, it like yeah. tapped into this whole new thing that I didn't even know well, it's so real. Know is it's there. real life. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, what a lot go through or, you know, maybe not the majority, but then those who do don't feel a, a connection or they don't feel like, you know, that there's anyone that they can relate to. So, um, you are a mom. <laughs> and so how do you, I wanted to, to chat about how you balance being a mother and being such a successful businesswoman. <laughs> That's very nice of you to say. <laughs> um, again, curated version of reality on my Instagram. But no, the first thing I have to say is that my husband, Matt, is like the absolute best. So I'm so lucky that I have a husband, life partner who respects and encourages me in my career and who's engaged and loving and wants to be with the kids. So if it's working, like he's he's the magic dust. He's the reason he's the reason why, because it's totally teamwork. Um, But it's also I feel like there's that saying about the duck just like you know, sailing smoothly above the surface and they're like actually furiously kicking underneath (laughs) the water. So if you look underneath the water of my life, there's a lot of furious, awkward, clumsy, exhausted kicking, but we get through the days. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, a lot of times, I feel like that's kind of, you know, with so many things today and especially if I feel like because of social media, seeing you know, women doing it all, you know, like having the career and having kids, but like you said, furiously kicking underneath. Um, do you feel like we're at a point in in the world where women can have it all? They can have a family and children and a successful marriage and a successful career. Do you feel that there has been struggles that you've even had in that context? What, how I feel about having it all is that you have to, it's going to come and you know, different cycles, ebbs and flows. There will be weeks where work's not too crazy busy. The kids are like getting enough sleep and aren't too tantrumy. And Matt, my husband, isn't traveling or super busy. And then it's super easy to have it all. But I think the reality is that most of the time, one of those things is going to take precedence. You know, your kid is sick and you're going to have to call your boss and rejigger that important thing at work or vice versa. Work is just number one priority right now. And you're not going to be the one to go to first Fridays at your kid's school. You're going to, they're going to not have an adult there or somebody, you know what I mean? So I think that's the way I look at it. I try to lean into work, family, husband, like as much as I can when I have the room and space to do that so that knowing that the wind is going to turn again um, and I'm going to have to step away from one. Does that make sense? Completely. And I feel like this even is like kind of very similar in how people talk about having balance in your fitness journey. And it's like, but like, what is balance? Like it's very rare that for months and months and months that you're going to achieve this perfect level of balance, which the reality is more like, like you said, sometimes you're going to be all in on one thing and then other times, you know, it might take a dip and that's okay. And I think it's so important, like, you know, this is at least in the fitness context, but like to know that like your fitness journey doesn't need to be number one all the time. It shouldn't be. There are other more important things in life, like family and, you know, your career and things. So makes complete sense. So on that note about your fitness journey, so in your pull-up journey in particular, can you tell us uh, more about that? Yes. Like my favorite thing to talk about, (laughs) pull-ups. So I've 
put it out there to really keep myself accountable on my Instagram that um, I'm going for 10 pull-ups in 2020. This started a little over a year ago. Um, I actually, I've always thought pull-ups were this amazing, epic thing. Like since I was a kid, I remember seeing women, men, kids, anyone do a pull-up and I'm like, just how? That just boggles the mind. But it wasn't until early-ish last summer um, I was working out with Angela Gargano, who's a women's health contributor and awesome trainer in New York City. And she just bangs out pull-ups like left and right. And as I was having my session with her, um, it was in early May, I just said out loud, like, do you think I could ever do a pull-up? And she was like, are you kidding? Of course you can. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. And then um, I got like one, the, like many things in my life, once I say it out loud, all bets are off. Now, now I've like put it out there and I'm going to go, I'm going to go after that goal. So, um, it became this like metaphor in my life for getting above the bar and how strength is internal and external. And there was like a lot of symbolism in going after that first pull up, including the fact that like many things in life, you would think just the more you try to pull up above the bar, that's how you get your pull up. But as you know, as a trainer, it's not about that. It's about breaking down that movement into each of its components and drilling on each of those things individually and then putting them together. And slowly, somehow it all starts to click until one day feels like magic, but it's not because you've been working so hard and diligently. You're up and you're over the bar and it feels freaking amazing and powerful and badass and all the things. Um, so having gone through my own little journey to get to my first pull-up, I, I mean, now I'm like the pull-up, you know, I can't sing its praises enough. I love it so much. Um, and I've kind of, again, ebbed and flowed with it over the past year. Sometimes I'm really into them. Sometimes I take a step back, but I have put it out there that I want to get 10 in 2020, which is crazy to think about given where I started a year ago, where it was like, you know, I couldn't even imagine getting one. Um, and now I'm at, I'm at eight and change. So I'm getting there. Oh my there. gosh. That's <laughs> so close. Wow. I know, but it feels so far away too. <laughs> but like I was stuck at six and then a week and a half ago, I, I went out in my little backyard. I sometimes do them on my fire escape. And I was like, let's just see what I've got today. And out of nowhere, I had eight. And I say out of nowhere. It's not out of nowhere. It's yeah through a lot of working and drilling and whatnot, but you just like your body suddenly has the muscle memory and the strength. And like, that's the, what I love about pull-ups. They surprise you every time you do them. Amazing. And, um, what would you say, you know, I'm sure that with, you know, the coronavirus, this has kind of shaken everyone's 2020 plans up a bit. Um, but what would you say is next for you and your career at women's health and the women's health magazine in general? Yeah. So um, our entire editorial team has been working from home since early March. And um, I feel really lucky that a lot of us were already doing remote work days, whether we were on set at a photo shoot or on, um, you know, a press trip or just having a, a work from home day. So that piece of it was pretty seamless. I think the toughest part was just not being in person together because so much yeah. of our keep saying the word magic, but it's true. So much of the magic of WH is when we run into each other and have these impromptu conversations. Um, But I'm really, really proud of the team. It's just a team of super talented, awesome editors and 
people who care about one another. And so we spend a lot of time together on Zoom and in Slack, and we found ways to connect and, um, you know, create those sparks of magic, even though we're all apart right now. Um, But I would say that um, the issue that we just closed um, and that's coming out soon, we'll be revealing it soon, our September issue, it was the first one that was created from start to finish while we were all in lockdown. Um, And I think it's quite honestly, like my favorite issue we've done at Women's Health so far. It's just such a testament to how open and vulnerable and smart and thoughtful my team members are. And they've put so much of themselves and their personal experiences into it. So that's been really cool. But I think the biggest thing we're all learning right now is that things change very quickly. So we're kind of only planning as far out as we absolutely have to, um, just knowing that things are so different. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times we've closed an issue and been like, oh, you know, something new happens in the world. And you sort of are like tugs at your heart that you can't reflect that in those pages. But like that's that's the that's the point of print. You know, it's someday you have to send it off to the printer. which is why it's fantastic that we get to engage with our readers every single day on social media um, and our website and really be true to what's happening in the world right that minute. Um, So I, I would say for my editorial team, we, we use this metaphor, which is so on brand, which is this is a sprint as well as a marathon. Um, So we're sprinting every day with the latest and greatest news and giving the most up-to-date information to our readers, but we're also, thinking far out into the future and trying our best to plan for it. Yeah. I feel like just, as I mentioned, you know, everyone's not only plans have been shaken up, you know, for this year, but how everyone, the like working industry, you know, like I'm, I I don't say this in a way that makes light of the, of what's going on, but like, I'm kind of fascinated by like how the world is going to change and like how working from home is going to be so normalized and what what those transitions look like but like you said like it's the same for me and my team I I have a few um FBG girls girls from my community that are on my team and I always when I knew when I started building my team I knew that I wanted to have girls that that get it, that get what, what I'm about in the community and that they live it and they're passionate about it. And so much of like, like my content has even come from inspiration from them, from being in the office together and talking about what they're struggling with on their journey, you know, and not having that, you know, as much as it's, it's a bit of a hurdle, but we just have to adapt and, you know, like, have zoom chats you know my 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 husband is he's a cfo of the company and he's always on the zoom calls and he's constantly sitting there like are you girls done chatting (laughs) you know but hey it's an important part of you know like of just you know coming up with just chatting just talking about life and that's what you know influences what we do so anyways no i totally agree i think some (laughs) of our best story ideas come from the that like informal banter at the beginning of the call when people are talking about what's going on in their life or the t-shirt they're wearing or (laughs) you know the run they just went on and the idea they just had that's like before the actual meeting the pre-meet it's really good stuff yeah Okay, so the editor-in-chief of Women's Health has given me her blessing on having these little chats, so I hope my husband is listening. (laughs) Um, All right, so my last question for you, 
Um, the name of the podcast is Your Best Life, which the point of that is that there's no there's no such thing as one best life. We've all have different experiences and um, different things that have led us living our own version of our best life. So if you had to think of one thing that has allowed you to live your best life, what would that be? I'm going to go with sweat and movement. I feel like when I've moved my body, whether it's with a run or with strength training or yoga, it doesn't really matter what it is. As long as I've moved my body, I'm so much sharper and clearer and more confident. Um, and whatever the day throws at me and it will throw things at me, I feel like I can ride all those highs and lows and just be a better editor, a better friend, a better colleague, sister, mom, wife, all the things. So that's what lets me live my best life. I couldn't agree more. It's something that I've realized that if I have something big, you know, whether it's a meeting or a project or whatever it is, if I get a workout in that morning, then like I'm ready to go. So I completely agree. Um, Liz, this has been so amazing. Can you share with everyone where they can find and follow you? Yes, I can be followed on my Instagram at Liz Plosser, L-I-Z-P-L-O-S-S-E-R. And you can follow Women's Health at Women's Health Mag. Amazing. Thank you. I know you are so busy, so I really appreciate you taking this time out. Uh, Thank you again, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Good to talk (laughs) to you, Anna. You too. That was my conversation with the editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazine, Liz Plosser. Luca, what did you think? I love how a lot of people have this big shift in their lives when they face some, like some kind of a challenge, a physical challenge or something that really put them outside their comfort zone. Right. And I think that that quote, you know, that like I've shared a lot in regards to your fitness journey, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I think that that is kind of one of the really the one of the biggest links between how your fitness journey can empower you and change your life in so many ways, not having anything to do with fitness, because it's getting used to that discomfort that changes your life. Like in her case, you know, like she said, just, you know, diving into things and jobs that she didn't really feel like she knew everything about, but she had to be uncomfortable and she was open to learning, you know, to, to get the job done. And obviously it's, it's paid off for her. So yeah, I totally agree. And I think overall, like, I just, I can't believe how humble and sweet she is. Like I, like I, you know, she is such an important woman and she has, you know, she's so successful, but like, she's so nice and she's just such like a normal person. And she's very down to earth and, uh, and, and it's, she's great. I mean, she's really like uh, been following and she's, uh, she's been riding the transition and the new way how social media and fitness influencers really have influenced the fitness fitness and wellness industry. And I think it's great. And, you know, Women's Health Magazine is definitely like a a great uh, magazine because they were able to keep up with the times. Right. Well, completely. And I think that that's one of the biggest, you know, messages and and lessons is that, you know, with everything that is changing, like whether it's like she said, you know, sometimes you have to send things to print, you know, but at least if you're able to, you know, still have that connection with your audience, you know, in that, in the moment because of social media. Real time. Yeah. 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 You have to innovate. You have to stay present with what's going on in the moment. So aside from that. Speaking of Zoom chat, you know. Yep. So I do see the point (laughs) and it's not like... I don't, I don't want you guys to have chat and brainstorming sessions during Zoom meetings. I, I'm all for it. Let's find a compromise because 
when we have meetings about, you know, goals of the company, things like that, let's keep it, you know, let's stick with, you know, what the actual structure of the meeting is. And then you guys can have separate, separate from that, your chatting and brainstorming sections, because otherwise me and Gabby, which is the director of operations, we literally like, are You're sitting so there lost, twiddling, sitting twiddling there, your thumbs. Right, where we could really like use that time. And I agree brainstorming and chatting about the struggles and the achievements in the community is super important to, you know, to bring up a very important topics. It's so hard because I like, as I mentioned, you know, I have there's three FBG girls that that are on my team and we just get so excited because like when we see things in the community and like we chat about it and like we like internally for those of you FBG girls listening might not know we chat about like the fbg girls like achievements like almost on a daily basis and we like get so excited when we see a post of like did you see so and so said that she lifted this much like oh my gosh i'm so excited for her you know but like can we not involve the developers in it as well because we don't no <laughs> no no no, no, no. i have to say i have to say well, i'm pretty good I'm pretty good at nipping the personal conversations in the bud when the developers are on the call. There might be like something that we start to, you know, go into and I'll say, okay, let's chat about that later. Hey, come on. You have to give me some credit. I, I do when the developers are on the call. I think we can <laughs> separate even more, you know, the, the chatting you and the community and the FBG guys with the daily operations. I want the developers to know these are real girls that are like using no, no, the app sure. and it, it has a huge impact on their lives. Like we want them to know, we do share, you know, some instances of like, so-and-so said that the app did this during her workout and she couldn't finish it. I That's not okay. That you know? I told her again, but time is money. We pay them hourly. So Okay. So, All right, guys. Okay. You, you guys are getting a little glimpse at the real conversations that Luca and I have <laughs> on a daily basis. But I have to say, now that I have the blessing of the editor-in-chief of Women's Health to have these chats, I, I, I don't know if they're going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> All right, guys. So I hope that you enjoyed not only mine and Luca's little banter conversation, <laughs> but my conversation with Liz as well. I would love to hear what you think. Let me know on Instagram or in our Facebook group, and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. And that is it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to share with a friend, spread the word, and help us grow our tribe. Please rate and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes each week. You can also follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook group, both under the same name, Your Best Life Podcast, to keep the conversation going. You can also send me an email at yourbestlifepodcast at gmail.com and you just might be featured in a future episode. Your Best Life is a Gallery Media Group original production.